my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. Welcome back everybody, I hope everyone's doing good. Just as always, a quick reminder to check out the show notes. I've got some links to my courses in there. I've got a special listener discount in there as well. Um, And also some discounts on things like birth pools and TENS machines, which some of you might find helpful. Today's episode is a listener birth story. And I spoke to Tony, who shared her amazing first birth with me. Tony had an unmedicated hospital birth and also just for kind of relevance she's also based in the US so the the system in the US is a little bit more medicalized than it is in particularly the UK so the fact that she had an unmedicalized hospital birth there is really really quite an achievement so congratulations to her and Thank you to her as well for sharing her story. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to play it for you now. So hello, Tony. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. If you could introduce yourself, please. Sure. Hi, Claire. Thanks for having me. Um, I am um, currently in Orange County, California, and um, I am a licensed mental health therapist. So currently I'm on maternity leave, but I usually work um, with college students um, who are, you know, students who are facing things like anxiety, depression, relationship issues. Um, and I have a little one. Her name is Sol. So we named her um, after son in Spanish. My husband speaks Spanish. So we wanted something. Um, and I'm Filipino. So we wanted something kind of from our heritage. And she, That's gorgeous. Yeah, she's 11 weeks old and, and currently sound asleep. And I hope it stays that way. <laughs> yeah, always good. Always <laughs> make the most of, uh, of when they're asleep, definitely. Trying to get everything done in that kind of short amount of time. Yes. I remember that. Definitely yeah. remember it. Yes, yes, So yes. what was it that got you interested in hypnobirthing? Because she she's your first. So yes. what kind of was it that, yeah, kind of led you down that path? Sure. Yeah, so when I first got pregnant, I knew that I wanted to look into hypnobirthing. You know, my sister, she lived in London for a little bit. I know it's huge over in the UK. So she did it with her two girls. And then my, my old boss and supervisor, uh, she's a hypnotherapist. So it's, you know, obviously slightly different, but she, she does hypnotherapy on her clients and she did hypno hypnobirthing for her Uh, daughter. And so I knew I wanted to look into it. Um, And my husband and I, you know, we practiced yoga and meditation. uh, And so it just felt like a really natural fit once we once we heard about it. Um, And so I I did some research. um, And I found a really great hypnobirthing doula. Amazing. She came to our house and did like a total like intensive she would spend, I think she came three or four times and just spent several hours with us um, mm-hmm. teaching us a one-on-one course and, and doing the affirmations and, and reading the scripts. And, um, you know, we watched Daisy's video, who I knew, I know you had on your podcast. Yeah. I love that episode. Yeah. Um, and not even just hypnobirthing, but she taught us like about child labor and like, um, you know, the uterus and everything that happens. And, and so after that, we just like 
totally were bought in and, um, you know, bought the books and every night, um, we try to, you know, during the pregnancy, do a little bit of reading to get ready for the baby. And so we did a lot of hypnobirthing sort of studying. Um, and I, I mean, I cannot recommend it. It's such a great tool, not even just for, I think, delivery, but even like with the newborn and, and life, yeah. I'm, I'm using so many of the tools now. It's a life skill, like the breathing and yeah, the kind of the, the practice of like visualizing and you know, understanding that mind-body connection, which I think, you know, many people un- do understand, but it's so interesting when you learn it from a point of view of of giving birth. And I think it does definitely mm-hmm. help you as you kind of go through life. And yet with parenting, it helps so much, that kind of ability oh to remain calm and to use your breathing and things like that is is so helpful. I use it all the time with two little ones as well um definitely the kind of the calm breathing <laughs> be calm be calm um and yes. I like to I'm sure I've said this in an episode before when I was talking to somebody else but it's great to teach them that as well like that breathing it's so great like oh, such sure. a good um tool for kids to learn like the, the breathing um but anyway sorry I'm totally going off on a tangent now um but yeah so you said already you're quite into your yoga and, and meditation and things like that and they do definitely I think go hand in hand Mm -hmm. with each other so Mm -hmm. I often have um people that practice yoga or teach yoga um, and things like that because I think it something about it particularly interests them because they already have that kind of Mm -hmm. way of thinking so perfect so you had a really great uh kind of lead up to your labor in that you um you know you learn all about hypnobirthing and the practice in itself is very nice and relaxing and calming as well so I think that helps during your pregnancy you to remain calm and and things like that so talk us through your labor with soul yes so oh goodness so you know what we were lucky I think we um had a pretty healthy pregnancy. The first, the first month I would say I was pretty sick, but after that, uh, pretty healthy, did a lot of like prenatal yoga. I tried to stay really active, did a lot of research. Um, right. you know, I'm the type of person I am. I'm, I think it's maybe cause I'm a control freak, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I I'm really into preparation. I think yeah. for me going into labor, I was confident because I had prepared and yeah. there's just so even when we got there at the hospital, there was so much I didn't know, but I think it really helped me be confident. Um, but yeah, so we just um, got all that all the way to the end, I think around 39 weeks. Uh, I started having contractions pretty early around 32 weeks, the Braxton Hicks. Yes. And so I knew I felt like she was either going to come on time or I felt like she was either going to come early. Um, and what's funny is my parents were actually going on a cruise and they had booked their tickets to come around her due date. And I really wanted them to catch her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like the last, that, that 39th week, I was doing all the things to induce the labor. You know, I was drinking the teas and I went to acupuncture and dr- doing the evening primrose oil and taking baths yeah. and everything all the old wives tales and yeah so I think one so she was due on a Wednesday and then on a Monday the Monday before you know my husband and I were just hanging out you know he had given me a foot massage and we were having some you know intimate time 
And then I took a took a bath and I was in the bath and I was like, I, I think my water, I think my water broke, but it's hard to tell because I don't know if this is water or, or my water. And so, you know, I I remember I Googled it and I was like, how do you know if your water is is broken? And, you know, it said after an hour, if you're soaked down there, then it's probably your water. And I remember I got out of the bath really quietly. And I was kind of just like, you know, walking uh, around the house. And I didn't say anything to my husband, to Jonathan. And, and finally, he goes, did your water break? How did he know? Just because you were walking funny. <laughs> I think I was just kind of quiet. Yeah. And like kind of, yeah, I was walking really <laughs> delicately. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I, I think it did. And, and, and so we plan to do a hospital um, birth. We, we, decided when we were doing hypnobirthing, we were going to um, have the have soul unmedicated, but at a yeah. hospital. Yeah. And so he, he said, well, maybe we should call the hospital and, and see what we should do. And so we did. And, and sure enough, they told us, you know, to come in. And I think I maybe had one contraction at home. Okay. Um, but it, it's hard to tell. And again, uh, already, you know, I had a whole plan. Again, the control freak, I had like a whole, you know, I wanted to labor at home as much as possible. And then, and then go to the hospital when I was, you know, maybe six, seven centimeters. Um, But of course, yeah, they do the right thing, don't they? But it's good to have those plans. It is still so good to have those, you know, plans for kind of your, your ideal, I suppose, because yeah, like you, are more likely to to stick to that but also as you said it's just so good to be prepared for kind of any eventuality we never know what's going to possibly happen with birth I think that's the only thing is that it's unpredictable but being prepared and knowing as much as you can possibly know is always just going to be a benefit it's never going to be a hindrance absolutely always going to be a benefit Totally. And that's why, and this is kind of going off on a tangent, but that's why I really loved your podcast because I felt like listening to the positive birth stories of real women and who had plans, but then, you know, they had a cesarean or they had to use forceps or, you know, had to get the epidural or or whatever it is. I felt like that really prepared me because even when my water did break and I was like, okay, this isn't plan A, but I'm I'm still confident just because I had heard so many stories from those women. And it's so important because we obviously we hear all the kind of horrible stories, which uh, I always encourage people not to listen to if possible. But then you have the very um, other end of that, which is this kind of seemingly very perfect uh, birth, you know, perhaps somebody in water. It's all very calm. You know, you have that kind of scenario, but that isn't the aim you know necessarily that's just one way but I try and include as many different types of stories because I want to show that no matter what happens it can be positive even if you end up with a a cesarean that you didn't necessarily want or you know you ended up needing to go to the hospital when you didn't want to things like that it's all it all can be positive and it's so good to hear all these different ones like you said because then Mm -hmm. you're even more prepared you know potentially anything happening so yeah it's great that that was a benefit to you and um yeah definitely kind of one of the the reasons for doing it absolutely because then it helps people so sure and (laughs) and that's overall kind of the objective is we wanted I wanted it to be a positive experience and I didn't want it to just be something that I endured 
I wanted it to be an experience that I can look back at. And I'm so happy that I can look back at it and, you know, say that it truly was positive. And I loved it. Even, even the hard parts, you know, even the, the pain in quotes pain or the sensation, the sensations or the pressure, you know, I, I look back at that and I'm not, I don't feel like traumatized or I don't feel like I can't think about it. Like I look back at that kind of lovingly and, and, and with compassion for myself for the hard times as well. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It doesn't have to be easy. You know, right. that, it, just okay. because something's hard, it doesn't mean that it's not amazing. I always think. Exactly. And I, I always use this example, but like running a marathon is hard, but people do it right. <laughs> because absolutely, it's amazing. What an amazing thing to do. So it doesn't have to be easy to be no. good or positive it can be hard you know it can still be difficult yes. at times but you know learning and, and you know doing your research doing your practice is what helps you get through those hard moments um yes. but anyway sorry I'm totally um totally uh, <laughs> gone off from your your story carry on with your story sorry. yes yes so so we go to the hospital and I actually have, we filmed like a little video, but we were so calm, you know, it, it was, it was like, we were excited, but not anxious, excited. Yeah. It was just a very mellow excitement. You know, we were packing our bags. We were checking the list, making sure we had the birth plan and the essential oils and, you know, the the lights and, and everything. And I remember just feeling like, this is right. Like this is happening. This feels good. Um, really looking forward to what was going to happen. And even I remember I FaceTimed my my family when I got to the hospital, and my sister was like, "You you don't look like you're in labor," you know. <laughs> and I said, "I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm I don't know what I'm supposed to feel like, but I'm you know genuinely excited. Yeah. We've been preparing for this for months, and and now it's finally here. It's amazing." Yeah. Yeah. And so we go, um, they did admit us and I was only, I think one centimeter dilated. Um, but because, you know, in the U S they admit you because your water breaks. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess after a certain time, I don't know how long, but then there's like a risk of infection or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, so they, they admitted us and, you know, right away the, the nurses and the doctors were um, asking me, well, why, why don't you want to get the epidural? And, um, you know, kind of questioning me, which I had pre- prepared for. Yeah. Um, you know, our, our, our doula said that when you're not doing it at home or birth center, you know, that the hospital might push back a little bit. Yeah. I suppose it's very, <laughs> it's more the norm, um, particularly exactly. in the US. I know it's slightly um, different here if you're in a hospital although it would still be much more swayed towards the medical definitely but um mm-hmm. I suppose yeah most people they see probably in the hospital probably do want that kind of um medical help so yeah I guess it's it's different for them when somebody comes in and doesn't want any of it they're probably like are you sure <laughs> yeah exactly and they were you know overall the staff was so great and they were so supportive but yeah exactly you could tell that it wasn't their norm and so they were kind of double backing okay are you, are you sure you don't want the epidural and and I think one one nurse asked me like well what does unmedicated mean to you and I just thought isn't it obvious? What else can it mean? <laughs> yeah, I just was like, I don't want any, you know, I don't want the Pitocin. I don't want the epidural, you know. Yeah. And so, 
Uh, they did, and they did connect me to an IV, but they said just in case we need to transfer right. fluids or, or whatever. And I, I was, and I consented to that. Um, and so, so we did communicate our, our preferences. And um, what was nice is after that, they kind of left us in the room and I told them that we had practiced hypnobirthing and they were familiar with it. And, and they said, oh, great. You know, we've seen such great success with hypnobirthing. And it's- after that, they kind of like let us left us alone, um, just my husband and I, and I had heard from so many friends, like they always check on you and they're always asking to examine you and they're having these conversations and we didn't experience that. We maybe had a nurse come every few hours and and she said, we're, we're watching you, whatever that means. Maybe they they had my, they have the, um, like monitor, were you on a monitor or anything? So like the baby, I was on like a wireless. Yeah, monitor. so they have them. I think. Um, well, over here they do. So I'm guessing it, it's similar uh, based on what she said. But they have all the kind of the monitor screens um, in like one space, so they can kind okay. of keep an eye on you. But See. I like that they did kind of leave you alone a bit more. You know, I think that's because you're right. Actually, in so many situations, they they don't always. You know, they do kind right. of. Uh, maybe come in and you know keep asking questions or something but obviously it was going totally fine so there was perhaps no need for them to to come in and and talk to you or do anything but I like that yeah me too me too I really appreciate it I didn't realize it at the moment but then I look back and I'm like they actually really left us alone yeah um and then the the so kind of a another deviation from the plan is the doctor um said okay well because your water broke you know let's talk about induction and and she said I know you don't want Pitocin but we have an instrument and it's I don't remember I don't know the medical term I I should have looked it up but it's it's basically like the uh, like a balloon but it's like two balloons yeah yeah okay so it's called like a a cook's balloon and is one of the names for it it's got a couple of different names but yeah it's like a balloon they they put it into your cervix and then it kind of expands. Yes. And yes. um, to kind of help your your cervix dilate. Yeah. It's yes. non um, yeah. it's non uh hormonal, which I guess is right. why they probably offered that. Because if you didn't want the Pitocin, which would be um hormonal, this mm-hmm. is kind of an alternative that's non it's got no hormones in it. It's just a kind of device, I suppose. Okay. Okay. So yes, that makes sense. Um, so she, and she, you know, the way that she broached it was, she was like, it, you know, it, it's, it's the, it's on the more natural route and there's no medication involved. And, and so we did the whole, my husband and I did the brains, you know, framework, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, we asked all the questions and what are the benefits and the risks. And I, you know, with all of the research that I had done, had not heard of this double blending. Yeah, wow. I don't know anybody that's had it. I know some people have done the single balloon, but this was like a whole new. Oh, whole it's a, new thing oh, I see. Right, so it's a double one. Yeah, I don't know whether I've heard of a double one. I don't know whether I've yeah. heard of it was two. <laughs> it was two balloons. <laughs> right. Um, and and so and that's what I kept asking. I was like, "Is it the one or the two? And she was like, "It's two, honey." <laughs> so oh. I was like, "I've never heard of this." I feel like that's new to me as well. I'm gonna have to go and have a look at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she just, you know, helped me explain that, uh, or she just helped explain that it helps, um, me get dilated to four centimeters. Right. 
Yeah. And I said, you know, I want to use my natural oxytocin and I want to try to do it myself. And I think it, uh, some time had gone by. And, and and so they were, I will say they were suggesting it. And so finally we were like, okay, yeah. we, you know, we agreed to it. And yeah. so, um, and she thought, she was like, this is your first baby. So take a nap, you know, eat some food. It could take a while. Um, and so once they put the balloon in, in my mind, I was thinking, well, I want to try again to use my natural, I want my brain to produce that oxytocin. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I had friends downloaded on my phone. So I watched a few episodes and I was laughing. And then I asked my husband to massage my feet with clary sage oil. And, nice. you know, we were just kind of walking around. We had a great playlist that we, that we made that we had been listening to, you know, for the month leading up. Um, and I think like, an hour in, I looked at my husband. And I was like, I, I have to, I think I have to poop. Like I felt that yeah. ejection kind of reflex. Yeah. And so he helped me to the bathroom and then the balloon came out. Oh, interesting. And, and it was like an, only like an hour had gone by. And so when we told the the nurse and the doctor, they were surprised. They were like, oh, it, it's, we're used to the first time moms taking hours, but this is great. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so things from there started to move really fast. I think I went from four centimeters. Um, and then I went to, I think eight centimeters, like an hour later. Cause yeah, I um, guess the reason it came out is because you were dilating so much quicker than they expected. So exactly. Yeah, it's amazing. It's great. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And so, and so wow. to get from four to eight, we did still all of the, you know, massage and yeah. we were walking around and I was, um, you know, changing positions and we had the yoga ball. So I would, I would get on all fours and yeah. I, I, you know, was just really trying to move. Yeah. That just felt, that just felt good. That's felt, what felt like I needed in my body. And then I will say from eight to 10 that I think it's that, is that the transition time? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. When you get to, yeah, probably about nine or 10 would be the transition. But yeah, okay. like, I, I'm guessing around, around that time. Yeah. Yes. Um, I will say is is when the pressure was the most mm-hmm. intense, like even more intense than the pushing phase. It right. really, it was like, I felt, I told my husband, I, I was like, I feel like someone is like squeezing my uterus. Like yeah. there's just so much intense yeah. pressure down there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Babies, yeah, so, getting yeah. ready. Yeah, exactly. So that, that I will say was the most difficult part. But again, like what we were talking about, it's, it was the, it was so rewarding at the same time, because my husband, I had written out all of my favorite affirmations on a piece of paper. So he was reading them to me, you know, he was like stroking my hair, he was um, giving me these, um, you know, in yoga, they give us these like lavender essential oil cold towels. Yes. And so Yeah. So he was putting um, lavender towels on my forehead and, um, you know, putting pressure on my back. And and so we were really working through it, but it it was difficult. And what good teamwork as well. You were working so well as a team. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think, I don't know that I could have gotten through it. I mean, I, without that having him as my birth partner and I don't think it has to be you know it can be a nurse or doula or or whoever but I think with hypnobirthing having that birth partner oh my goodness is so critical um especially I was just exhausted by then yeah so he was um you know doing all the affirmations and, and everything and really telling me the affirmations and then finally the the doctor came in and she's like 
she asked, okay, can you do the cervical exam? Um, and I had denied a few, but at this point I was just ready. Yeah. You were probably quite <laughs> sure like, as well that you were going to be kind of yeah. Yeah, quite near the, the end of that part. Exactly. Exactly. And and sure enough, I was. Uh, and I remember just being so relieved. I was like, I'm at 10. And she was like, you're oh, at 10. So good. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was so relieved. And I just felt like because they had told me, you know, prior to that not to push. I guess I don't know what could happen. Some, something dangerous could happen down there. Yeah, or maybe they didn't, re- you know, if they didn't think you were at that point yet, then um that could be why but it's interesting because if, yeah if you had that sensation to push that's quite a good sign that you're right. ready you know exactly yeah. exactly yeah yeah all things now that we're like okay well maybe we can consider like a home birth for the next baby yeah. and, and things like that yeah. but uh, but so they were kind of telling me not to push and so finally when she said okay you can start pushing I was so relieved yeah and and so yeah so I I started and again at the hospital they have this way and I don't know if it was just at my hospital but it's like they have you hold your breath for like 10 seconds and it wasn't what we practiced with our doula we had practiced like this low moan and this sort of bury down and and I had my affirmation specifically for the that phase and I will say I you know I I I wish maybe yeah. that would have gone differently. Um, everything was so great. And then it's just like at, towards the end, I think we were on hour like seven or eight. You yeah. know, my husband and I were yeah. both just exhausted that at, we were just like, okay, whatever. If this is how you, if this is how you do it, we'll, we'll try it this way. Um, and so we were, you know, doing their pushing. And what another thing I did not know is and all of my friends who work in the hospital now they're like this is common knowledge but I guess at 7 a.m is like a whole new um shift it's like a whole new team and so it was 7 a.m and I think I was an hour into pushing like she was almost here and they had just um switched (laughs) on me but oh my gosh of I, I look back at it now and it was actually a good thing because that doctor, she was a lot more open to um, us, you know, breathing the baby down and doing it the way that we had practiced, maybe because she was fresh and it yeah. was her first, you know, delivery of the day. Yeah. And the, the last doctor was like, but also them kind of having, you know, their shift is ending. That does actually affect kind of how they then encourage you because you never know like they could have been thought you know been thinking oh our shift ends in an hour so we'll encourage the the kind of um coached pushing because yes. in their eyes that might be quicker which means it all gets wrapped up in their shifts but then your new doctor exactly. came in and has 12 exactly. hours ahead of ahead of her so you know, you just it does sometimes just depend on that you know them and what's you know what's happening in their shift or you know. But yes, I think you're right, and and that's when we look back at. I think that's what it was. Is is I didn't feel like they were rushing me, but no. I did feel. I rem- I remember the doctor telling the nurse like, "Okay, you ready to get this baby out?" Right when she she came in and told me to start pushing, and and I knew in my mind like I don't want to push the baby out of three pushes yeah. and then you know tear yeah. and, and and have it be you know really intense, and so yeah. I wanted it to be a slow yeah. 
um, you know, really to breathe the baby down slowly. And and so it was at first I was panicked, yeah. but then again, you, I just had to go with it. I was like, okay, it's a new doctor and it's a new team. And, and they were wonderful and so much more open right. to our, like I said, the way that we wanted to yeah. do it. They weren't counting and they were like, you tell us when you're ready. They weren't looking at the monitors. Um, you know, I had one nurse and she was so great. She was saying, you know, don't be scared of the sensation. And she was like, just really lean into it. She was like, when it feels really intense, yeah. she's like, that's a good oh, sign. Oh, I love that. I love that. I, she was so great. Yeah. yeah, she was amazing. Um, and so I think after probably an hour and a half, you know, Soul started crowning. It was that ring of fire. Yeah. Um, and what's so funny is like, I just doing all of the research. And I think you interviewed someone and she said that the ring of fire felt like really good. Um, And so I was just really like anticipating that moment. Um, But for me, it was, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like a burn. It felt like a pressure, but it wasn't super intense. No, it wasn't kind of what you were expecting based on not well, the name of it. The name of it kind of makes <laughs> no. it sound not, not no. great. <laughs> uh, yeah, because she was down there, I think, for like 20 minutes. Like the nurses were like, she's hanging on by an ear and she's stretching <laughs> you and just saying all of these things. And I just, I, I, it was so it was so bizarre. I can't even describe it. It was like, I could, I felt her like I was so, yeah. you know, cause I, we didn't have any medication. So I was so present in that moment. And I, I yeah. really just felt her, but it, it didn't feel like intense or like I wanted, no. wanted to stop or anything. It wasn't too much or anything no. like that. It was, it was manageable. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was totally manageable, uh, which sounds cra- crazy when you, no, when you think about doesn't. what's going on. <laughs> But, it doesn't because yeah. you know your your body. That's what it's you know it's, it's made to do that. It, you know right. it's it's able to do it. So it's completely. I think also like changing the mindset. And you like you said, your nurse had said, "Don't be afraid of the the sensation. Like don't be scared of it because actually it's all just a normal kind of part of that process." So maybe that yeah. that helped as well. You never know. Exactly. And I think it was really to the endorphins, you know, that natural painkiller I had, you know, by then it was a whole new team. They were so excited. You know, my husband was really excited. I just felt that kind of rush. Um, And so maybe that's what it was. I don't know. (laughs) Um, It could have been. Yeah. 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 So she was crowding for a little bit. And then um, eventually, yeah, they asked me if I wanted to feel her head. And I I thought that I would want to, but in that moment, I said, no. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, all of a sudden they were like, okay, look down. And I looked and she was like right on my belly. And oh my goodness. It was like a shock. I mean, she came out so calm. She didn't cry. Oh. You know, like it was, yeah. it was surreal. And so I, peaceful. So peaceful. And that's how I, that's how I felt, honestly. But again, the, that transition time was, was really hard, but it was just kind of this like sense of calm that I had since my water broke. And I was just so present in the moment. Like I could hear little conversations happening on the side and I could see everything my husband was doing. And I noticed when more people would come in the room and yeah, I just felt like very like in, con- not in, in control of my body and just kind of calm, yeah. my, in, 
calm in the moment. And so, yeah, they, they gave her to me and I, I looked over at my husband and by that time he was like a deer in a headlights and was just crying. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I thought that I would cry and like, yeah, I'd get really emotional. Cause I'm, I'm, I am normally really emotional, but yeah. again, I, I didn't, it was just, I was like, okay, bring her to me. And <laughs> So yeah. And so I was, I mean, I was, I was so happy. And, and I, again, I remember it, like, people tell me that they sort of forget, like, their, yeah. their labors and their delivery. But yeah. for me, I felt like it was yesterday. You know, when yeah. I tell you the story, like, I just remember that feeling of, of when they put her on me, and it just it felt so right. Yeah, you know, it just felt like, okay, we, we did it. And, yeah. And um, I remember my husband looked at me and he was like, you did it, you know, no, no medication. And yeah, we, we, we had our plan for the most part, you know, how, yeah. how we wanted it. And, and they did, um, they did, again, something else I wasn't um, anticipating is they um, wanted to give me Pitocin after the delivery. Oh, Yeah. Okay, so that's like a thing. Yeah. Yeah, so they do that for the um placenta. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, gosh. so okay. um yeah, so either you can have yeah, like uh, an inject it would be an injection, I guess. Was it an injection they wanted to give you or was yes. it uh a- yes. Yeah. So they it was actually like through a- the IV. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it helps to um yeah, kind of just speed up the delivery of the placenta. Okay. Or the alternative for that is to do it naturally. You know, you can do okay. this different options basically for that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they did give me a little bit of Pitocin and yeah, it's quite, I, it's quite normal. Normal. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I wasn't sure because we did end up taking our placenta home and, or we gave yeah. it to somebody to encapsulate. And so I was like, Oh, I don't yeah. know. But again, by then there was just so many decisions had already been made yeah. and soul was already here. We were just like, okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, often, um, so it's, it's more usual, I suppose, for people to have a, a medicated third stage, which is when you have the, um, Pitocin to birth your placenta. Uh, but many people do opt for a natural third stage, but I've talked to people before who have then at the time changed their mind because I think, mm-hmm. You obviously, you know, you have your your plan in your mind, but then when the baby's here, you might completely feel differently. Like you you said, you know, you've you've done all of that. You're just your baby's here. You're so happy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're you know, you're more than happy at that point to have <laughs> to have that to kind of get it get it done. So yes, uh, yeah, it's one of those things that I think as well. You know, have in your mind what you want to do, but at the end of the day, if you change your mind, <laughs> like it's completely fine. You know. Exactly. And, and that's kind of how we felt. And again, I think if yeah. we, if we're lucky enough to have a second baby and we do a home yeah. birth and these are all things to know, you know, for, yeah. for the next time. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, so yeah, they delivered the placenta and then, you know, we did our kind of our skin to skin and, and had the whole golden hour. Um, and yeah, I was like up and, and walking around with her, you know, shortly after, yeah. um, and it was, again, it wasn't exactly what we wanted, but it was pretty darn close. You know, I, yeah. I feel like it was, it was the positive and, and I felt really empowered. Like I felt like, yeah. wow, like we were able to actually do the things that we wanted to yeah. get done. You did. And you did things. Yeah. Like you said, you, you maybe in your ideal birth would have been at home for longer, but these were things that were out of your control. Right. But you, everything else, you know, you did, 
you had it unmedicated, you know, you did what you wanted to do and how you wanted to do it in and in a hospital environment, which isn't always easy. Right. Because it is much more geared up for the medical side. So you do feel that kind of higher sense of pressure, I think, to accept medical help. Mm-hmm. Um, was it a long labor? It sounds like it was quite short. No, so it she ended up coming out around I think six thirty, um, which we always say, you know, her name is Sol, and she waited to come up to come out with the sun. Yeah, um, yeah, but I think it was maybe like eight hours total. Wow, that's actually really short for a first labor as yeah. well. Yeah, that's very short. I think yes. um, if you do have another one, then a, a home right. birth would probably be a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can probably be sneeze and then she'll come out. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. But yeah. I, I mean, yeah, kind of typically um, second labors are shorter just because your body's done kind of a lot right. of the work first time. So it right. knows what it's doing second time. Uh, but that is like, that's pretty quick, actually. I mean, that is quick for yes. a, a first labor. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. And, and, you know, I had heard a lot about kind of the start stop labor mm. um, and, you know, heard those stories and so I think that's why I wanted to you know keep walking and I I, when we did you know when Sol did come out the position that we ended up going with was on my back because we had had um a perinatal or no uh pelvic floor physical therapist do an exam on me and and we tested you know we did biofeedback and did different positions and she was like and I was like I don't want to do it on my back and she was like it turns out on your back is giving us the best biofeedback amazing I love that I know and so so that was like really the only time that I was on my back I think the entire the entire labor I was walking around I was on all fours Mm -hmm. I was using the ball on my side just trying to really get things like yeah. I just told myself like okay be a witness to soul be a witness to the surges mm. listen to what she's wanting and and I just really just kept moving because I felt like that's what she wanted me to do to come down yeah. and you did yeah you did what felt right in those moments you listened exactly. to your your instinct didn't you and got into those positions that felt right at the time which is exactly the right thing to do because your body is kind of leading you then isn't it exactly exactly and that's it but what, what happened I wasn't really thinking it was like you know my husband has little videos of me that he took and I was like I can't even tell you what was in my mind at time no. I was really just in tune with yeah. my body and again trying to listen to soul and and yeah. how and how she wanted to kind of make her way into the world and so I think that all helped um yeah. move things along but yeah I yeah. I was surprised that it was fast. I, I had no idea, you know, what to what to expect. But no. I mean, every time I tell people like eight or nine hours, they're like, oh, yeah, your second one is going to come out quick. Yeah, yeah, it's likely. Yeah, it's very likely. I mean, I um, I had quite a long first labor, but um, everyone kept telling me that the second would be shorter. And I almost didn't want to kind of believe it um, because I just because my, my first labor had been so long. But mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it was much shorter. So I... Yeah, I think in most scenarios, obviously not all, but most scenarios, um, second seems to be quicker. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you would be a, a great candidate for a home birth based on your your first um, labour experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, thank you so much. That's a really 
story. Great story. <laughs> I love that. And I love what you just said about being a witness to the sensations. I love that. That's so mm-hmm. I'm gonna use that. <laughs> yes. That I really was, like that. That was like my one of my main affirmations is like when it would get really intense, you know, I I knew that I shouldn't tense up right? Yeah. Because I wanted things to progress. And even though I felt like I wanted to tense up, I knew that I needed to relax. So that would help, you know, open my cervix. And so I just tried to tell myself, okay, be a witness, be a witness to soul, be a witness to this sensation, you know, pain is just a perception and um, really just like telling my body just to relax. And I even had my husband like do this like shoulder press thing on me. So he yeah. would push down on my shoulders because I was like yeah. hunching them up so much. Yeah. So, so to get you to relax. Yeah, exactly. So really everything I could do just to kind of like not give in to that tense, you know, yeah. temp- t- temptation to really like tense up my body. So those yeah. affirmations were so helpful. Yeah, they are. They, they are great to have kind of ones that really sp- speak to you or mean something to you. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I really like that. I like that um, perspective on kind of looking at it and staying alert and being in that moment with that with that yes. sensation yeah um, I really like that but thank you so much it's been really interesting so I take it you would recommend hypnobirthing to other people. oh my goodness yeah I think especially if 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 other people want to have an unmedicated um yeah. labor it's such a great tool and again I it's not just about what I've learned is it's not just about the delivery but it's so empowering because it gives you so much education about yeah. like just childbirth and even about the fourth trimester like we just learned yeah so much through our course and and so yeah I 100% would recommend it I thank you so much for your podcast I listen to your your stories (laughs) and you know your your birth stories and just everyone that you've had on and again listening to other people share their positive stories I think was so helpful because yeah you know the misconception is that birth is scary and it's painful and even now I tell people you know when I tell people I had an unmedicated delivery, they're like, why, you know, <laughs> yeah. why, why suffer? Yeah. And, and so it was yeah. really, it was really nice just to yeah. be exposed to those positive stories. So thank you. How funny, like you don't, it's so funny, isn't it? Like that kind of mindset of why, why would you, yeah. Why would you suffer like that? But like listening <laughs> to your story, you know, you don't, in no way it's does not it suffering. sound like you're, you've no, suffered. It, it sounds amazing and empowering yeah, and exactly. just what an amazing thing to and memory to have um you know and also saying it on here you'll be able to remember it forever you know as it happens I hope so I hope so yeah so no thank you so much Tony for coming on and yeah it's been a real pleasure to talk to you so thank you so much thank you thanks for having me thank you bye bye Thank you so much to Tony for coming on and sharing her story I hope that you guys enjoyed it Just another reminder that if you're enjoying the podcast, please do take the time to rate and review it. It really does help me. And also, if you want more birthy content, I'm over on Instagram at the underscore nurture underscore nest. And I post lots of stuff. Most days I post. Um, And also, I do offer a range of courses, as I mentioned at the beginning. So please do check them out. The links to look at those are below. There's something for everybody, live courses, online courses and pre-recorded courses as well. I hope you guys have a good couple of weeks and I will speak to you soon. Goodbye.